welcome back to the Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McCreary. Today, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to be talking about the NBA. We have a couple of interesting storylines uh, occurring in the NBA right now. Um, so, I'm going to talk about the NBA season. We got two players specifically I'm going to be talking about. That's Kyrie Irving and James Harden. I want to talk about those situations. And literally, like right before I came to report th- to record this podcast, news broke about a James Harden trade. So, I'm definitely going to be diving into that. And then, uh, to close out the podcast, we're going to talk about the NFL playoffs and the divisional round. I'm going to be pre- previewing each game, talking about those matchups, which will be happening this upcoming weekend. So I'm excited to talk about that. But let's really, I want to start off the podcast talking about the NBA season in general and how it's in jeopardy. Now, the season's ability to continue is in question right now because there are a lot of games being postponed right now. I know tonight's game uh, between... The Hawks, and I think they were playing the Celtics, but the Hawks game tonight got postponed, um, and there's games being postponed all the time now, like every day there's like multiple games being postponed, and that sucks, and, and I'm, I'm genuinely concerned about the season because it just doesn't seem like the season can move forward right now unless we have a bubble or unless vaccines become widely available, and this is terrible because players don't want to be in the bubble, which is completely fine. I understand that. I get it. And I, like, I completely understand why players don't want to go to the, to another bubble because that was hard for them. They had to, like, when they went to the bubble back, um, in the winter, or, yeah, I guess that would be the winter, um, back in, like, December, when they had to go back to the bubble last season, it was hard because they had to leave their family for months. They were by themselves. They didn't have a lot of leeway. They didn't have a... I mean, they had a lot of free time, but um, due to COVID and due to the fact that they were in the bubble, they couldn't just go outside all the time, go to clubs. Um, they were, you know, restricted to this one area, and all they really could do was play basketball and hang out with their teammates. They couldn't spend time with their families. Um, they were away from their loved ones for months at a time, and it, it, and it was hard, and I know a lot of players, um, that was, I know it was a difficult time for a lot of players, and, and I completely get why they don't want to go to the bubble. I know George Hill this week has already said stuff about how, um, he doesn't want to go back to the bubble and how he's a grown man and he's going to do what he wants to. I get that, and I, if it were me, I would not want to go back to the bubble either. Like, you, you don't want to be... Uh, without your family for months at a time, like you had to last season. Um, that's just not something that players are going to want to do. And this really sucks, because we might the season might get postponed, it might get canceled. I don't know what's going to happen. And <laughs> I hate it because I love basketball, and I, I love the NBA. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it seems like the NBA doesn't have a clue about what they want to do moving forward. I don't know what their plan is. I know that everyone's meeting, that owners, um, I know they're having meetings about all this, about protocols, and what they can do to maybe make protocols stricter so we can move forward forward with the season, but honestly, I don't know what's going to happen, and it sucks, and I'm worried the season might get canceled, I don't want to see that happen, because we've had a great season so far, I know games are being postponed, but like, 
we, like, we've seen some crazy storylines, like, the Raptors haven't been very good, that's crazy, um, the Nets have been fun to watch, Kevin Durant has been awesome, coming back from his Achilles injury, the Warriors are really fun to watch, Steph Curry is back, and basketball is just really exciting, like, again, with him, uh, back on the court, and I just hate that, the season might get canceled, and it, it sucks, but it's something that we have to, it's something that might actually happen, and we need to, um, yeah, we just need to prepare for the season to potentially get postponed or canceled. I hope it doesn't happen, but it might, and it looks more and more likely as the days go on. Alright, now let's talk about the Kyrie Irving situation. Everyone's talking about this. Um, if you don't know what's happening, Kyrie Irving has not been playing basketball, and he hasn't played in a game since January 5th against the Jazz. He's been listed as out due to personal reasons, and reports are that he is potentially, and these are just reports, so reportedly, he could be upset with the events that happened at the Capitol. I get that. I understand, you know, what happened at the Capitol was disgusting. That was terrible, um, and, and with everything going on with the racial tensions in America, with the events that happened at the Capitol, and with how how much Kyrie Irving cares about social issues in America, I get why he would be upset about that. And I'm and I'm okay, like, if that's the reason why he's out. I'm fine with that. Um, and there's more details we need to talk about. So Steve Nash and Kevin Durant, um, they've done a great job. They, they are not speaking about their conversations with Kyrie. They've been very hush-hush about that. I think that is awesome. Shout out to them. They're keeping that. They're keeping personal conversations personal. They're not making them public. That's awesome. Shout out to them for that. Um, but there was a video of Kyrie Irving at a birthday party for, I believe, I think it was like earlier this week. He, his dad and his sister both had birthdays. Um, and so there was like a large gathering and he didn't have a mask on and everyone lost their minds about that. You know, listen, I know everyone on Twitter getting upset about Kyrie Irving being at a birthday party without a mask on. And, and I get that he's not playing. Um, that he's not, I get that he's not playing, and, th and that is, that isn't the best look. I completely, um, I completely understand him not playing, if the reason he isn't playing is because of what happened at the Capitol. And, and I, and I'm not gonna get mad at him for not having a mask on at a group gathering, and I get that it's a bad look that he's not playing, but he's also going to large gatherings. I completely understand that, but, come on. People are fake upset about him not having a mask on at a party, and the real reason they're upset is that Kyrie Irving isn't is doing something that's 100% acceptable, and he's not playing because he could be upset about um, what happened at the Capitol. And people and people feel that he's acting entitled because you know with the situation that we're in in America, where a lot of people don't have jobs, and a lot of people um, are in rough spots, and that. That is awful. I mean, I hate it for people that are struggling during coronavirus. It stinks. But just because a majority of America is dealing with financial issues during this time, I don't think that just because of that, that Kyrie Irving should be should feel forced to play the game of basketball, especially if, uh, especially with the bigger issues that are going on. Like basketball is not the biggest thing right now, that is not the biggest problem, the biggest problem, like, there are bigger issues off the court, like, racial injustice, like, you know, um, with the, with the events taking, taking place at the Capitol, um, now, I, 
we don't know why Kyrie Irving is sitting out. We honestly have no clue. No one seems to have any idea why he's sitting out. Um, I honestly hope he's okay. I hope he's doing all right. Um, and, and I want him to come back when he's mentally healthy. When he's when he's in the right headspace. When when his mind is completely okay, and when he is mentally capable of coming back, playing at a high level. Um, I hope that's when he decides to come back, but I just, I want him to be okay. I know a lot of people are saying some crazy things. Stephen A. Smith said he needs to retire. Um, people are bashing Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to bash Kyrie Irving because, listen, he's human. He's not a robot. He's not a robot made for our entertainment. He is an actual human being. And, listen, let's just assume that he is not, that he's not playing because he is upset uh, with what happened in Washington. That's completely fine. And that is his right not to play. And that's my big. My, that's like my argument. Like he has the right to not play. Like no one should be forcing him to play the game of basketball. I get that he's being paid to do this. But he is on personal leave. Um, and there are bigger, bigger issues. Than what's happening on the basketball court. And you know. Maybe we'll see him do something like Maya Moore did, the WNBA player. She she left the game um, to help somebody. I don't I don't want to say anything incorrect about this, but she ended up helping someone in a in a in a court case. Um, I believe it was a criminal case. She helped someone. Um, I I believe. Um, no, don't quote me. I don't <laughs> because I don't have this in front of me, so I don't want to misquote anything. But I believe that she helped someone uh, get rid of some charges, and she left the game. for. I, I don't even know if she's come back, but I know she and she at least left the game of basketball for a season to do that, to help out in a legal manner. Um, and we could see Kyrie Irving do something like that, potentially. We could see him leave the game uh, to help out with social justice issues, and that'd be great. Um, but I just have a really big issue with the way people are talking about Kyra Irving, like he's not a human being, like he doesn't have emotions. People are saying that um, this that he's act that he's just not acting right and that he should retire. And listen, I get that he's under contract, and the best thing would be for him to be playing right now. But what if he's not okay? What if he legitimately has something wrong with him mentally? What if he's not in the right mental headspace to play basketball right now? Like, I just, it's crazy the way people talk about Kyrie Irving. And he's not even, do, he's not even doing anything crazy. Like, I would argue that James, that the James Harden situation is worse. Because Kyrie Irving isn't being a terrible teammate. He's not doing anything harmful to the community. Like, James Harden legitimately went out partying with strippers and rappers. <laughs> Kyrie Irving isn't doing that. You know, he might have gone he might have gone to a large gathering, but at least it was with his family. At least it was with people um that he has been around. At least it was with his family. So it's just crazy the way people talk about Kyrie Irving. I hope he's doing okay. And I hope he comes back uh, better than ever before because the discourse surrounding his situation has been just absolutely crazy. Um, I want to see him come back because he's a great basketball player, he's a smart human being, and I really just hope that he's doing all right. All right, now let's transition to talking about the James Harden situation. So, <laughs> if you don't know what's happening with James Harden, he doesn't want to be in Houston, 
and he hasn't wanted to be in Houston for a couple months now. And this happened really uh, during the offseason. Let's just talk about the controversial start to the season. He arrived at training camp late. Um, he, like I mentioned earlier, he was partying with strippers, partying with rappers, um, and he, he arrived at training camp late. However, he did come back saying the right things. Like, he wasn't being a bad teammate. He came back, he was saying the right things to reporters. Um, he was acting great in practice. Um, but he was frustrated with the Houston Rockets organization. And I, I understand why. Uh, I, I understand why he didn't want to really mean Houston at the, at the beginning of the season. I mean, the Rockets, they fired their head coach and their GM. Um, they traded away his partner in crime and Russell Westbrook. And they appeared to be in a rebuild because... Um, they traded Russell Westbrook. They signed Christian Wood. Um, they traded, you know, Russ for John Wall and picks. So it looked like they were in a rebuilding stage. Um, and at that point, I was okay with what he was doing. You know, it wasn't the best look. Um, and, and I don't think it was perfect. I don't think the way he handled that situation was perfect. But and by no means do I believe what he did was, um, was absolutely flawless. Uh, but I got it, and I thought it made sense, and I could see why he was doing the things he was doing. But now, like, with the events from last night, he just looks like a terrible teammate. And last night, after the Rockets lost to the Lakers, he went into the post-game press conference and just made himself look like the biggest a-hole of all time. And, and I'm going to read these quotes. And this is from an article uh, from The Athletic. It says, quote, this is a, a quote from James Harden. It says, quote, we're just not good enough. Uh, chemistry, talent-wise, everything. It was clear these last few games from from the beginning of the game. The Lakers were just aggressive. A veteran team. Obviously a championship team. One of the best teams we have in this league. I love the city. I've literally done everything that I can. This situation is crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. Thanks. Uh, end quote. Then he left the, the podium. That... <laughs> I, I get that he doesn't want to be in Houston, and I get that he doesn't want to be a part of the Rockets organization, but to, to, I think they lost by like 17 points last night, but to lose big to the Los Angeles Lakers, one of the best teams in the league, and a team they should be competitive with, but to lose in that fashion, come to the post-game press conference, then talk trash about the team, saying they're not good and they don't have talent, that is crazy. And that is the wrong way to handle this situation. The right way is to just leave everything out of the like to not make to not publicize everything, keep things private, and to like deal with everything um, without without just hashing everything out with the media. Like if if James Harden would just talk to the general manager, would just talk to the head coach, talk to his teammates, say, "Here, I'm upset. I don't want to be here." Um, this is what I want done, but I'm not going to cause any trouble, and I'm not going to go to the media and start bashing my teammates. That would have been fine, but no. He, he decided he decided to do this somewhat correctly at the beginning of the year, when he was saying all the right things to the media. That was okay, and although I don't think the way he handled it at the beginning of the season was perfect, I've said that already. Um, this is so much worse. Like, he just looks like an absolute like, piece of crap now, um, and I was really shocked, um, I was really shocked at what he said, I couldn't believe it, his team, like, even John Wall, uh, had a quote, I, he, he said something like, 
Um, you know, it's kind of hard to be successful uh, when certain guys aren't buying in. He and, and he was talking about James Harden. It was obvious. This is a, a crazy situation. I haven't really seen anything like this in the last couple of years. Um, this is wild. Um, and I talked about that news broke about a James Harden trade earlier. I'm going to pull this up. Let me get this. So, um, th- there, there are a lot of details in this trade. It's crazy. Um, let's see. Let me pull it up on Instagram. Because I know this is where I saw it. So, earlier, the Brooklyn Nets agreed to a trade, um, to acquire James Harden. Um, and there there are multiple teams, not just two. It's like three or four teams included in this deal. Um, and in, included in the deal, the Rockets are getting... Let me make sure I'm reading this right. Karis LeVert's going to the Pacers. Victor Oladipo's going to the Rockets. And the Brooklyn Nets, they send... Three unprotected first-round picks in 2022, 2024, and 2026 in the deal, plus pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Rockets get Cleveland's 2022 first-round pick via the Bucks. Um, also, uh, Deont- Dante Exum and uh, Rodion's Kur- I know I messed that up. They're included in the deal. Um, also, Jared Allen and Tarian Prince, they're going to the Cavs. Karis LeVert, Dante Exum, and, uh, Kurux, I'm sorry, I'm butchering that, he's a foreign player. They're all going to the Pacers, or, they're all going to the Pacers, I believe. I believe that's what's happening. Um, it's hard, the details aren't all hashed out. I know this is kind of... All this information is just in a in a big jumble, um, and it's not very clear what's happening. But I'm literally reading all of this off uh, Woj's Twitter. This is insane. There's a lot happening in this deal, but basically James Harden is now a net. So he's on the team with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Jared Allen, um, Torian Prince, and Karis LeVert are no longer with the Nets. Uh, LeVert is with the Pacers. Jared Allen um, is with the Cavs. Uh, there's been a lot of picks sent to the Rockets. The Rockets got a ton of draft capital, um, and they got Victor Oladipo. I think this is like a great trade for the for the Rockets. I mean, they got a ton of draft capital and Victor Oladipo. And if Victor Oladipo can get to where he was a few years ago, if he can get back to his peak, this is going to be a really good trade. Um, I kind of like what the Rockets got. Now, I think I think it would have been better for the Rockets to have traded for um, Ben Simmons because I, I love Ben Simmons. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, I really like his upside. But Victor Oladipo at one point was a very special player. He suffered a, uh, an ACL injury, so he hasn't gotten back to that point yet. But if he can get back to that point... Um, this deal could work out really well for the Rockets. They got a lot of draft capital. That's a lot of um, assets they have for the future. Um, not a bad trade for them. And I like this trade for the Nets. They didn't have, I mean, they gave up a lot of picks, and that's a lot, but going all in um, for this season, trying to win a title, you pair James Harden with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I know it's a weird fit because they all like to have the ball in their hands. 
Um, but just getting all that talent stacked on the one roster, they're prepared to make a title run this year. Um, and, and, and with that much talent, like along with having, you know, I know Spencer Dinwiddie's out for the season, but they got Joe Harris. Um, they have Landry Shamit. They got a lot of young guys on that team. They have they have the potential to win the title this year. They have the talent. Uh, they definitely have the talent at the top of their roster, but they got some nice um, secondary guys, like I mentioned, Joe Harris, Shamit. Um, this is a nice team, and I like what they did here. I like the trade. I know it's short-sighted, uh, but sometimes you got to make those short-sighted moves to try to guarantee yourself a chance uh, to contend for the title. Um, so, that's crazy. That's the whole James Harden situation. That's the trade. I know all the details aren't clear, and I didn't, you know, I didn't tell them to you as clear as I could have, but I was literally, literally just reading tweets from Woes, and that's how they were laid out. Uh, let's end this podcast talk, uh, talking about the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Now, I'm not going to go into de- into detail, or I'm not going to go and break down all the games from last week. But basically, here's what happened. So the Rams, they beat the Seahawks um, in a very impressive performance. Uh, Jared, Call- Jared Goff wasn't supposed to play, uh, but their, their quarterback, um, he got hurt. Uh, Jared Goff's backup, he was playing, he got hurt, so Goff had to step in with a broken thumb, he played pretty well, their defense was awesome against the Seahawks, put a lot of pressure on Russ, um, the Seahawks couldn't move the ball, really, at, at all, and, and, the, and the Rams were able to run the ball effectively, they put up 30 points, and, um, they, they dominated the Seahawks, so they won, now they're facing the Packers, the Packers, they're the one seed in the NFC, so they had a bye. Now we have Ravens playing the Bills. So the Ravens, they upset the te- the Titans, not the Texans. The Ravens upset the Titans last week. That was a rematch of last year's uh, wild card or divisional round matchup, I believe. Yeah, divisional round matchup uh, between the two teams. Lamar wasn't great as a passer, but he pl- but he had a great game on the ground. Uh, their defense played well. They did a great job stopping Derrick Henry. Um, and the Ravens, they were able to move on. Lamar got his first playoff win. Uh, congrats to him. Props to, to him for that performance. Now they're playing the Bills. And, and the Bills, they beat the Colts in a really close game. That was an awesome matchup. Uh, Josh Allen looked amazing in his first playoff game. Threw the ball really well. Made some incredible throws on the run. Just a tremendous performance from him. Um, and I liked what I saw from him. Uh, and Philip Rivers actually played really well in that game. I thought he made some nice throws as well. Um, and, and, and that was just a great game. Very controversial ending. Um, but the, the Bills were able to walk out of that matchup with a victory. So the Ravens and the Bills are playing in Buffalo. Now we got Browns at the Chiefs. Browns got a huge upset win against the Steelers last week. Um, they put up a buttload of points against the Steelers, forced uh, b- big men to throw four interceptions. Um, they played really, really well, got a huge win without their head coach, um, and with some guys missing the game due to COVID. Um, so shout out to them, but they're playing the Chiefs now. And the Chiefs, they were the number one seed, so they had the bye. And then for the final matchup for this upcoming weekend, we got the Bucks and the Saints. The Saints destroyed the Bears in the wild card to move on. And the Bucks, they had a close matchup with the Redskins. Or sorry, my bad. They had a close matchup with the Washington football team. Washington, 
Um, they had a gutsy performance. The quarterback played very, very well. I was impressed by them. They were really competitive, um, and they did not go away easily. That was a tough game for the Bucks, but the Bucks moved on. Now they're playing the Saints. So let's start off talking about the first matchup, which is Rams at the Packers. And this is go like this is going to be a super fun matchup because we have an elite offense going up against an elite defense. The Packers, they're number one in scoring with 31.8 points per game, number two in net yards per attempt at 7.5, and they're fifth in rushing yards per attempt at 4.8. And they dominate teams with a balanced offense. They run the ball really well. They got a great passing attack. They have the MVP, or who's likely going to be the MVP, in Aaron Rodgers, a phenomenal wide receiver in Devontae Adams, a very good running back in Aaron Jones, and a bunch of quality players on their offense. They are a really, really, like, their offense is a, is very good, um, and it's balanced. Um, it's really fun watching them play offense. But the Rams, they have a phenomenal defense, and it's not just one-dimensional. I mean, they are great against both the pass and the run. They put a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson last week. They're going to do that once again. That's their thing. They put a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And they can make it tough on the Packers because Jalen Ramsey is going to line up against Devontae Adams. He's going to give him all they can handle. But they also have Aaron Donald, who's awesome rushing the passer. Um, But he's he's so good in the run game as well. Um, This is a really fun matchup. And the Rams, they're going to need to run the ball effectively. uh, Because the Packers have a solid pass defense, mainly because Jair Alexander has been playing out of his mind. Um, so they're going to need to run the ball really effectively, dominate time of possession, um, and score points using their run game because I don't know how effective Jared Goff is going to be with his thumb injury. Cooper Cup, uh, he was hurt, or he got hurt against the Seahawks. Um, you know, they had a huge win against the Seahawks, but they suffered a lot of injuries in that game. Um, so they're going to be banged up. Uh, but I like this matchup. A great defense versus a great offense. It's going to be fun to watch. I think the Rams can beat the Packers, but I'm I'm leaning towards the Packers because they have uh, the better quarterback. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was the best player in the league this season. They have a well-balanced offense, and their pass defense is pretty good. It is very solid, um, but I will say, the Rams are a team built for the playoffs. They can manage the clock, they run the ball, and their defense is elite. So don't be surprised if they do come away with a victory against the Packers. I don't think it'll happen, and, and I, I'm leaning towards the Packers because I trust Aaron and Rodgers, but don't be shocked if the Rams um, shock the Packers at Lambeau. All right, let's move on to the Ravens and the Bills game. This is a uh, a story of two different offenses. Like both offenses are completely different. The Ravens, um, they run the ball a lot. They got a dominant run game, and they have a top ten offense without having a particularly great passing attack. They're first in rushing yards per attempt and rushing yards per game, which could give the Bills defense some trouble because they they're not great at stopping the run. Um, and the Bills are the complete opposite. I mean, Josh Allen has been unreal this season. I mean, played at an MVP caliber level, and their passing offense is special because Allen can and will punish you with his ability to make plays outside of the pocket. Um, but the Ravens have a, a very good pass defense, and they blitz a lot. Um, and, and, you know, the the Ravens are built to beat the Bills, 
They they're a they got a great run game. Their pass defense is awesome. They have Marlon Humphrey. They got a lot of talent on defense. Now I will say Marlon Humphrey he struggled a bit uh, going against AJ Brown last week, uh, but he's extremely talented. This is going to be a really good matchup. I am leaning towards the Bills here because um, I'm not entirely sold on Lamar Jackson. Um, and, and listen, he wasn't great as a passer versus the Titans. He had a lot of missed throws. Um, he had that one terrible interception in the first half. Um, but this is an interesting matchup. I think the Ravens match up pretty well with the Bills. Um, but in, in the playoffs, I usually lean with the team with a better quarterback. The Bills have a better quarterback. Um, and, you know, Josh Allen is, he's been better this season by, um, uh, a huge margin, and so, and he played really well in the playoff, in, in their first game, and I get that he doesn't have a lot of experience, but he was special against the Colts, and I liked what I saw from him. I'm going to go with the Bills here. Um, the Bills, they have a pretty good pass defense as well, not as good as the Ravens, um, so I don't think, I don't think the Ravens are going to beat the Bills by throwing the ball a lot. They're going to run the ball a ton. That could give the Bills trouble. I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up with the Bills' offense uh, point for point. It'll be interesting to see. I won't be surprised if the Ravens beat the Bills. Um, but I, 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 like I said earlier, I usually roll uh, with the team that has a better quarterback. So I'm going with the Bills here. All right, now, Browns and Chiefs. Now, I get that the Browns had a huge upset victory against the Steelers last week. But this is a different beast. You're playing Patrick Mahomes, who's arguably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. Um, and, and they got a talented roster. I mean, they got a ton of talent on offense. Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Their offensive line's good. Um, and, and, and on defense, they got a lot of talent. Uh, and their defense is up and down. It's inconsistent. But at its best, it can be pretty good because they got a, a lot of talent. They got Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. He's a stud. Uh, they, they got a lot of talent on that defense, and they got a great coaching staff. So this is a very different game, uh, a very a much tougher matchup for the Browns. And for the Browns to win this game, they need to run the ball, dominate time of possession. Uh, but not only that, they need to be able to score a lot of points while running the ball. Um, and they need to keep Mahomes off the field as much as possible, limit the amount of times uh, he has the ball in his hands. And if they can do that, they have a chance to win this game, but... They don't have a great defense. If they had a better defense, I'd be more confident in them, but they don't. Um, I think that the Chiefs are going to be able to throw the ball all over them. If the Chiefs can limit their run game a bit, uh, this could get ugly. I think this could be a closer game than people think. Um, but the Browns' defense would just have to be a lot better. I think the Browns' offense is really, really good. Offensively, um, they're they're built to succeed in the playoffs. You can't say the same about their defense. Um, their run defense isn't great. Let me actually look at the stats real quick. Let's see where they rank in terms of like uh, yards per attempt against the rush. They rank... Let's see. Let's see. Where are they at? They're... They're 12th. Not bad. What about rushing yards? I want to see what they are against the pass because the the Chiefs don't run the ball a lot, so um, oh they're they're towards the bottom in pass defense. Yeah, yeah, this can be rough. They're twenty second in y in yards allowed per game. 
that isn't great. What about touchdowns? Um, where are they at touchdowns-wise? In passing touchdowns per game, they are 25th. Yeah, um, that's a huge issue. Their, their pass defense um, could kill them in this game. If they can't limit the Chiefs' um, offense in terms of like explosive plays deep down the field, they're going to get killed. I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, I, I, I Like I said, the Browns could give them a little bit of trouble with their run game. They just they would have to do a lot more. They they gotta play, um, play this game perfectly. They gotta be flawless. They gotta dominate time of possession while also scoring points with their run game. And I just don't know if they're gonna be able to do that. Uh, and I don't think they're gonna stop Patrick Mahomes whatsoever. So I got the I got the uh, I got the Chiefs winning that game. All right, let's finish off this podcast talking about Bucks and the Saints. This is a really fun matchup. Uh, the Bucks. They have an explosive pass game and a dominant run defense. Um, they blitz a lot. They put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And the Saints, they don't have as good of a passing attack because Drew Brees, he doesn't have the arm strength uh, now in this final stage of his career. But their run game is very strong. Alvin Kamara has been awesome this year. And the Saints have an awesome pass defense. Um, they could limit the explosiveness of the Bucks' offense. I don't know how much su- success... They'll have doing that because the Bucks have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Um, uh, Tom Brady has been playing really, really well this year. they got a lot of talent on offense. Uh, Tristan Wirfs has been playing out of his mind as a rookie. Um, so the Bucks, uh, they got a lot of talent on offense. Their pass game is explosive. Um, my one, The one thing that makes me worry about the Saints in this game is the fact that they're going to rely on their run game a lot. They're going to rely on, on Alvin Kamara. Um, and the Bucks, they're they're built to stop that. Their run defense is, is one of the best in the entire league, if not the best. And so that's a bit concerning. And if they have to rely on Drew Brees a lot in this game, I don't know if he can get them through this because the Bucks are a really good team um, on both sides of the ball. They don't have the best run game. Um, and, and I don't think their run game is going to be much of a factor in this game. Um, uh, but Tom Brady's still playing at a high level. They got a lot of talent on the outside at receiver. This could be a really tough matchup for the Saints, especially if they have to lean and rely on Drew Brees too heavily. I think that could, we could see that happening. And because of that, I'm going with the Bucks. I have the Bucks moving on. Um, but th- this could be a fun matchup because the Saints are a really good team. I, I just don't trust Drew Brees and this stage in his career, um, like, age is definitely getting to him a bit, um, but this could be a really fun matchup, all of these games can be fun matchups, to be completely honest, um, this is gonna be a fun week of football, I can't wait, so, just to review, I have the Packers, the Bills, uh, the Chiefs, and the, and the Bucks all winning this weekend, so, um, I, I think the Packers and uh, the Bucks will match up in the NFC Championship game, and I think the Bills and the Chiefs will meet up in the AFC Championship game. Let me know what y'all think about that. Um, you, you can send me your thoughts on Twitter at the Ryan McCrary. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. This is all I have for today. Hope y'all enjoyed that, and I will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>